The hot stove may not be burning yet, but we got a cauldron going on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Uh, currently, Philadelphia is beating Arizona in this one, which would then have me rooting for Philadelphia because the quicker we get to the postseason, the better for all sides. Uh, we will not talk probably any more about this game. Uh, and instead, we're just going to talk more home uh, runs. That's we, all you got to say. Hit more home we runs. Got, we just, it's, I don't want to say it's a grab bag of a show, but we got a lot of different topics that we keep like backburning, backburning. Uh, speaking of stoves and burners and cauldrons. And uh, we're just going to have an opportunity now to kind of dive in and take some of those things apart. Yeah, oh, and I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. We're free everywhere. Literally everywhere, we're free. Um, some people, I think, yesterday thought, too, we were talking about how how Guardians were... I don't think either of us thinks that they're going to hire Chris Valleca as a manager. No. No, no, but no. I mean, it was worth having the conversation of why he's getting an interview. And again, I think I, I think I stated this yesterday. I don't think he's interviewing for to keep his job because the organization already said, like Chris Anthony went out of his way to guarantee that that Sandy Elmer would have a spot on the staff or some kind of role in the organization. He didn't say coaching staff. You know, he did. He was very careful not to to say coaching staff. And they said that, it, you know, they let, they let all their coaches know that they're, they'll be in contact with them when they hire a new manager and the new manager is going to decide that. So they're not interviewing Chris Faleka to keep his job because they're, if they hire him as a manager, it's going to be, you know, his job to figure that out. It's going to be someone else's job to figure it out too. But I think it was worth having the conversation of why they're interviewing him. And again, I don't think it's to keep his job. I think it's legitimately to see whether or not it's worth, promoting him and whether or not they want to keep, maybe, maybe they want to shift him to a different role in the organization too. Maybe, maybe if he doesn't get retained by whoever the new manager is, they want to keep him somewhere else. And that's a job. That's a way to do that. Um, but it's good to hear philosophies from different people. I mean, you got the yeah. Bobby Valentine thing that didn't work out. You know, you had Tito who brought in that, you know, giant document as everyone's noted at this point, like it's good to hear from different people and, I don't think it has anything to do with his current role or what his future role no. will be. It's just, I think it's one of those things too. It's good for morale. Like they're giving all of these guys chances. They're giving them opportunities and it gives you a chance. If you're, you know, Christopher Lake had to interview for this position, knowing you're probably not really in the running, knowing that you're not probably a candidate, but it also then gives you the ability to see what it's like and to experience that and kind of get that first time out of the way. And I think there's value in that. And I think there's value just in like the morale of like, okay, yeah, you've, you've helped us out. We've appreciated having you part of the organization interview. And I think, you know, outside of uh, Alomar and Sourball, it's like uh, that didn't want it. Everyone else. It's like, they're, they're letting everyone interview like internally, everyone who had a role is getting a chance. Um, we haven't heard about Wiley. Uh, I don't know if, if he got one, but it feels like they're letting everyone uh, those 43 to 48 candidates had had everyone on there who was wiley i'm sorry i, I just messed up no it's it's fine i messed <laughs> up 
I said the wrong <laughs> name. I went I went many pitching coaches ago. Mark Wiley. Wow. Mark Wiley. I just had a Carl Willis. Right? What what year was Mark Riley? Uh, I, I just it's been a long time. Matt, yeah, Mark, it's, uh, Mark Wiley. Mark wow, Riley. Um, that is pretty old. I hey, I'm sure he's not interviewing. Although we have people <laughs> who listen to our show who probably think he deserves an interview. I, listen, I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> so I'm just gonna blame that there on that former. I, I've been having more of those of late. So I <laughs> can I say, um, you can see where my brain is functioning right now. But uh, we haven't heard about Carl Willis, but I think everyone yeah, else is I'm pretty much pretty sure that's not happening. Yeah, I, 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 I bet he was on the list and he might have gotten an opportunity and said, no, thank you as well. Because it seems like they're just, hey, if you're here, you get that chance. And I think that's good for morale. And if the morale doesn't improve, the beatings will continue, you know, as, as we know. based on that. Well, we didn't hear. Yeah, we didn't hear about DeMarlo Hale either. No one said whether or not he would or wouldn't interview if he declined it or if they decided they weren't going to even <laughs> interview him. We haven't really. We haven't really heard either way what he's what he's gonna do hit the camera not the mute my bad <laughs> i was very confused there for a second maybe you need to make Ugh. some potions in that cauldron today's not, a, today's not a jace case day unfortunately yeah. for us the other thing we were talking about yesterday too and, and i think that we'll we'll hear more in the coming days i think our buddy andre not had said somewhere else recently that there's a chance that um they could name a manager before that would before the world series so Maybe if, if that does happen, that could be in the next week. So I guess we'll find out. Maybe that I mean, says I, that whoever it is is not currently coaching. And I mean, I, it teams. feels like I don't, I'll, I'll believe that when I see that. Like, I consider me fully skeptical on that. And listen, Andre is much better connected than I am. I'm not trying to buy anything other of the kind, right. but that just seems quizzical. Unless, especially, you know, again, going to someone much better connected to me. I mean, unless Zach has changed what he has said, he was originally all about thinking that it would come from outside the, uh, the, the organization as well. So um, yeah, it just feels early for such a thing though. I'll point out, Hey, um, Boston, Boston, Ooh, wrong Braves. That was a long time ago. We had the Boston Braves. They're now the Milwaukee Brewers here. Uh, no, that's not true. Boston, but, yeah, man, just ignore that statement as well. So, well I'm, I'm, I'm done. Good night. I'm leaving. Um, but uh, the Atlanta Braves and, you know, my guy, uh, uh, Mag, Mag, uh, not game. Mag, Bobby Magianis. Yeah, he's Bobby. there. Out. Good old, good old Bobby. It's like he could he could interview now, but uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm just gonna um, you know uh, stop speaking. It's it's your turn. Sure. Yeah. They. I I, I think they could. I, I do agree. I think it's gonna be. Look, even if it's somebody on the outside of the organization, it's still gonna be someone who probably has a past connection here. I mean, I don't think Craig Council has a past connection here, and I don't think it's gonna be him but they could interview him if they really wanted to, but we'll see. We haven't, they've kept this very tight lip, so we'll see. And they're going to want to have an idea of their manager and put together their staff by the time the off season gets here. So I don't think they want to wait too long until after the world series to make that sort of decision. I mean, it's good to exhaust everything and, and make sure you interview all the candidates, but look, other candidates are also going to be interviewing for other jobs. You know, the giants one is open that should be an attractive job. The Brewers one, if Craig Council goes to New York, will be open. Um, I guess the New York one is technically open in itself. That'll be an attractive job. Um, so you want to have that settled before you go into the offseason so you can start building your staff and, and do things like that. But the other thing we talked about yesterday, too, was the Sean Murphy trade and how <laughs> how absolutely ridiculous it was that Oakland ended up with, with what they did. They did a horrible job with the Matt Olson trade the Sean Murphy trade, they've just been 
you can go back to the, the Matt Chapman trade. Like they've just done a terrible job. They had a good core. I mean, they always trade their good cores away, but they did a terrible job with this one. Um, again, the rumors, if you didn't listen to the essay show, the rumors that came out from Andrew Bagley from the athletic talked about the athletics asking for Marco Luciano, who has been the giants top position player prospect for a couple of years. And then Kyle Harrison is the top pitching prospect for a couple of years. And I mentioned going back to when, uh, there was interest from Cleveland trying to get Todd Frazier. I think that was like 2015 from the Reds and how the Reds asked for Cody Allen and Bradley Zimmer and Danny Salazar, all this, all this crazy stuff uh, that was out there. And then they ended up getting almost nothing for him either. Truthfully. I don't think, I don't think the Reds got anything good for Todd Frazier either. All that stuff comes down and should be taken with a grain of salt. But I think it's worth thinking about that Cleveland probably had a pretty good package put together for Sean Murphy and Oakland. I like. Again, you, you ask for different things in different organizations because you value prospects differently. So clearly Oakland decided that Asturi Ruiz had a skill set they wanted that Cleveland wasn't able to offer. And yeah, it was I think it was still a poor decision, but you know, they might have they probably asked for different things because every every farm system's got different strengths. I mean the, the, the Brewers thing. have a good farm system, but they also yeah. had to get help from uh, the Braves had to get help from the Brewers to make that trade happen. That's the thing Cleveland should look at is, that, you know, if they have, they don't have prospects in their system that other teams are interested in, they have to find a way to to get creative to add those pieces. But the other thing I wanted to point out too with Sean Murphy is that um, Bo Naylor had a great season. There's still no reason, like you said yesterday, there's still no reason that they couldn't have acquired Murphy for whatever it was. I mean, I, I think I agree, not trading Espino – Allen or I'm sorry, Espino, Williams or Bybee would have not have made a whole lot of sense for them. Anybody else being on the table. And then at the time, you know, the Espino thing was everybody would have had issues with the health thing, right? Like he would have had to go through physical and there would have been red flags. Everybody kind of knew and nothing yeah. you could do to stop that, but that could have worked. You could have had, like you said, I don't know about moving Boney out of the outfield, but uh, I saw I bet, Bruce Koshy have a, handled it. I, yeah, I think I think Bo Naylor can handle anything. Truthfully, I don't. I think you could put him anywhere. I mean, he was a a high school third baseman. I, I think he's athletic enough and gifted enough to play anywhere. But I saw you know Bruce Bochy the other day talking about Jonah Heim, who had an All Star first half. I know he wasn't as good in the second half. And then Mitch Garver has been a great player for the the Rangers this second half as well. And um, talking about who's who's going to catch on any given day and the idea is that, you know, these guys are going to be out here because they can hit. It doesn't really matter. Like we got to use both of them and uh, our, our roster and our lineup is better with both of them. And it's the same thing with, with Bo Naylor. And it would have been with Sean Murphy. You still could have made this work. You still could have had them both long-term. I know Sean Murphy had a very bad, I, I think it was a whole second half. Look at the numbers. He, he didn't have a good second half. I know was, he had a bad like last, September. It was the last two months. It was September, October. And that he had an above 100, uh, weighted runs created plus every other month, but it was it was like putrid at the end. I'm sorry, you know what? Months. I think I think I think Snicker said too in the in the in the uh, the postseason about playing both Travis Darno and Sean Murphy, who Darno was an All Star too. So you can play two catchers if you utilize the roster properly. If they both hit, if you can maximize at bats for them. Now that would, it would have been harder for Cleveland last year with Josh Bell and Josh Naylor and. Murphy and Naylor not, and Bo Naylor not coming up early on, but you could have made it work and it would have been beneficial. And I'd still go back and make a trade for him, knowing what we know now. If he did, if you're not giving up Williams, 
And Espino, I mean, I assume Espino's off the table because Oakland's probably got issues with his health and and not trading Bybee. I'm sure there's a trade out there, but um, again, you just can't you can't compare who they got from a different organization because they value these guys differently. You don't know what they want, and well, it's even like you know, to just, go back, Oakland's track record stinks. It just to go back to your original point. It's like the funny thing about that Todd Frazier deal, and you know, we talked about three teamers. Is that was a three team deal, and um, right. Cincinnati the Dodgers, got, White Sox, and Reds. Yeah, and the Cincinnati got Jose Peraza, who was the big piece, and Scott Shebler, who who did have one really good year for them. And Trace Thompson going that deal too. Who? Uh, Trace, Thompson Trace Thompson went to the Dodgers, but more importantly, yeah. Frankie Montas went to the Dodgers. And you know, it's everybody. like you know, just how those things work and the weirdness of these deals. And the best player in that deal, pretty much by far, no matter what you want to say about Montas, when he was at peak, he was a lot higher than Peraza or Shebler. Um, you know, again, looking at this past year's deal, it looks like Wilson Contreras, William Contreras is going to be the uh, uh, Wild Bill is going to be the, the big piece, and he didn't go to that team. So yeah. it's, you know, it, it, there's a fun point. We got to run to our first break here, and uh, we'll be back. Listen, it's a fantastic break. Stick around. Hey, make a deal with our good friends over at Bird Dogs. These guys make you look good. I think. Jeff's got the hat on, and if you're watching on YouTube, Jeff loves the hat. I have the hat somewhere. Yes. I haven't worn it yet. I'm sure I will at some point. I use the mug. I all love the, the shorts, and the shorts are great. I mean, I they're my goat. They are my favorite shorts. This is my favorite pair of shorts. We I have three pairs of shorts. I wear all three of them the minute they are clean and it's shorts weather. Not really shorts weather right now, or I would be I would be wearing a pair. I wear mine every. I mean, I, I have three pairs, and I wear them every week. I mean, they've they've gone through the laundry. Every week since since Bird Dogs uh, sent them to us to try out, they're they're fantastic. About how I've worn them on my honeymoon, I've worn them to bowling, I've worn them to family functions over the summer. It is so good, and they've got they've got pants too. They've got the same kind of comfortable pants too. So I would I would definitely say uh, check them out. In the past, they've given out the uh, the tumbler. Now you can get a free water bottle with them. So you want to go to uh, BirdDogs.com/slash/lockedon. MLB enter the promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order birddogs.com slash locked MLB for that free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And you won't want to stop listening to whoever is calling games and the playoffs on the Sirius XM app. So you don't have to listen to John Smoltz go on about, Weird rants about how the postseason is different. Anybody, did you catch that tonight? By the way, it was during the Rangers Astros game. No, I, I I have it on mute when I'm watching. Um, <laughs> it was just the most bizarre comment. It was like something like he did that because it's the postseason and it matters more, and people don't understand that it matters more in the postseason. People don't understand that strikeouts and home runs are good in the postseason, and things in the postseason are important. I have to go back and find the quote. It's it's one of the dumbest quotes I've ever seen. And oh, uh, here it is. He did that, and I, I have no idea what this is referenced to, but it just tells you how, how unhinged it is. He did that because it's the postseason. It wouldn't be like that in the regular season. In the postseason, it's more important. You win in the postseason by scoring runs and pitching well. People don't understand that. Jeff, you don't understand that people win in the postseason by scoring runs and pitching well, do you? You never no. never knew that, did you? I, and I like this idea that guys just kind of take the foot off the pedal. Like I don't know, like. I'm sure there's are some athletes are wired differently. uh, You know, I'm sure there's, there are some, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are some, but it just feels to me like guys are going to always try hard, you know, like this whole idea that we've, and we heard through the season of like, 
you know, it, they make it sound like they think that there are points where guys aren't going to put forth their full effort. No one likes, once you get to that level, most guys hate losing more than they like winning. And it's like, I, I just don't. Okay. Brad Pitt. <laughs> was that, was that a thing they say in there? I feel like, no, well, yeah. I feel like that started with, I first heard that kind of more with Michael Jordan than anyone else. Um, but, but that also was me. Like, honestly, as a kid, it's like, I don't know if I ever really felt great until we won a championship. Every game in between, I was more pissed off about a loss than happy about a win. And that's just, I was hyper competitive. And while I was never the best athlete, I always kept finding roles on teams because of that. It's definitely, I should like the grinders more. I should be, I should be a fan of all these guys. Tito, uh, like to keep right, yeah. the one I was, that was more my type of player back when I was an athlete. Michael Martinez lover yeah. over there. You are. Yeah, athletes are wired differently. I'm sure there are days where you don't feel your best and mentally you take it off. But yeah, definitely not in the postseason. But that, that quote was just so unhinged. All that is to say, don't listen to the broadcast. Listen to your listen to the games on your Sirius XM app, whoever you're listening to. We were talking about the Brewers trade over the offseason. Uh, this is one we've kind of had in the back burner for a couple of days. So last week, the uh, Brewers confirmed that, unfortunately, Brandon Woodruff is having shoulder capsule surgery, which... I think is very similar to the surgery that Daniel Espino had, if not the same exact one. So they're projecting he is going to miss all of 2024 at this point, which is really unfortunate because he will be a free agent after that year. So that's going to cost him the qualifying offer for sure. It's going to be, it's he's going to be 31 going to free agents. That's a bummer. That's a bummer for the Brewers and him. And I like Woodruff. He's a, he's a good pitcher. You know, everybody who's listening to the show for, any amount of time knows that I have I'm a Brewers fan, apparently. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, there's there are some people who wonder if he might even get non-tendered this offseason. Yeah, you could I, I could see that. I mean, because if he gets non-tendered, somebody because I mean the Brewers or they might I don't work know, out cheap. They're cheap, they're cheap. It is they might cheap. also try to work out a, a contract too that might benefit both sides. So it's pillow, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that anybody if, if he does get non-tenor, anybody that signs him would have to give him a two-year deal, a for rehab this year, and, and then b next year to to come back on and and maybe even throw in a, a third year for of, of a mutual option. I don't know because he is going to be thirty-one when he comes back and pitches. That's going to be tricky, but I don't know what his arbitration number is. But I think it's, it's fair to say expensive. the Brewers. Yeah, the Brewers might consider that because yeah, historically their payrolls are kind of in line with Cleveland. They're pretty. They're they're somewhat stingy. But our question was, you know, the Brewers, I think you and I both thought maybe the Brewers would be interested in Cleveland's pitching regardless of this injury before the before this, because there might be a match here. The Brewers have some outfield depth. They've got to make room for Jackson Chorio next year. They already have, you know, Yelich under contract. I'm pretty sure they're going to bring back Mark Caneha or Mark Canna next year. I sound like you, Mark Canna next year. Um, they've already got wasn't he a free? Is he a free guys. agent? No, he's got one more year on that okay. deal. He signed a two-year deal, so he's got another year. And they've got you know a couple other outfielders they really like too. So there could have been a, a match there before this, I thought. So now I wonder, you know, the Brewers do they need? <laughs> I feel like the tra- with with Woodruff's injury, they might be less likely to be interested in Shane Bieber because Shane Bieber's missed two out of the last three years, yes. and not only that, but Burns, Bieber, Peralta, and Woodruff would all be free agents. And Adamus. So, and Adamus. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, you could throw in a, 
uh, a Brian Rocchio or a Gabalarius and see what you can get back in addition to a pitcher there. But I think, I, I don't think Bieber is a fit there. Like I want to say he is, but I feel like he's not because he would, he would be a free agent at the same time as all the other big arms. And they're not going to take, I don't think they're going to take a big chance on a guy trading a lot for a guy who's missed two of the last three seasons, who's going to be a free agent when they've already got pitching depth issues. Yeah. And I think one of the things to point out too, is like, okay, so next year, like Eric Lauer was terrible this year and he was, he's in for a big raise. So he's probably going to get non-tendered. We, mm-hmm. we, we had that debate. I think the other, um, the other thing to point, so they got Adrian Hauser, they've got Corbin Burns. They have um, Adrian, Peralta. Willie Peralta, who's on a fantastic contract. And there's a uh, Wade Miley who, we debated he might opt out. It's only he, he's got a mutual option that for $10 million and there's an outside chance he could get more than that on the open market. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they approach it. That's where, again, Quantrell having that good month at the end of the year might've really helped this team. Yeah. That's, that's the pitching fit you might want to yeah, look at is the multiple is, years of control and him kind of rebounding. And uh, again, multiple years of control, I think is a, is a big word there in terms of his, it's why, no, we're going to get in segment three and talk a little bit about Kyle Manzardo uh, yet again, the, you know, the, the king of swing of late. And one of the reasons that, you know, Cleveland was able to land him with, even though they traded a pitcher who's kind of got a limited upside is because of that value. The value of having multiple years of control is huge. It is, especially, and it will be for the Brewers too. So we'll keep talking about that in just a minute. Before we get into that, though, and maybe, yeah, I don't think FanDuel's ever going to offer you any uh, odds on trades in the offseason. Maybe they'll be asking you to pick a player's next team like Shohei Otani. Uh, but for now, you can bet on October baseball. Today would have been a great bet. The great Sarah Langs over at uh, MLB or ESPN um, talked about postseason players hitting home, or hitting home runs on their birthday. Today was Bryce Harper's birthday. He had a home run. Uh, today would have been a great day for you to make your postseason debut on FanDuel, so don't miss out. I feel like that happens tomorrow. more often than not, so I'd, I would pay attention <laughs> to that for betting. Yeah, Maybe just well, Jose's birthday. I always bet on that. That's true, yeah. Or pay attention to Sarah Lang. She might help you win some bets, too. Uh, join, yeah, join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So you can make those easy bets by following people who are really smart. And then you can also get free money on that. So just visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to create that new account. Get on the action from the first pitch to the final out. Bet everything from strikeouts to home runs. Bet on those things in the playoffs because that's what wins. And if you don't want to wait the whole game, predict what's going to happen in the next step bat with Bryce Harper with quick bets. So head over to FanDuel.com slash lockdown right now. Step up to the plate in the postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. And if you need another reason to not listen to the broadcast, as you know, you should be listening to all postseason action on your serious XM app. Yeah, I, I, the Cal Quantrill thing, I he does have more control. He probably doesn't. He probably is very similar in upside to Aaron Savali. I mean, I know Savali misses more bats, but there's very similar upside there. And you could even say that he's might even have more value than Savali because he's been healthier. Like Cal had the the injury this year, but before that he's been a lot healthier, a little more. I mean, I don't think Savali's ever pitched as many innings in a year as Quantrill did in 2022. Am I right? 
Yeah, I mean, Savali, yeah, oh, yeah Savali has never crossed 130, I believe. And I think Cal got to almost 200 last year, if I'm not mistaken. If he didn't, he came very close. It was 186. Yeah, that's definitely more than Savali has ever gotten to. Yeah, he made 32 starts. I don't think that's ever happened to Savali. And he had a he had a good one. He had a good season. Yeah, Savali misses some more bats. Um, Quantrill throws hard, not that really means anything, but I just wonder. Yeah, Willie Adamas is going to be a free agent at the end of next year. I don't know that Milwaukee has a shortstop in the pipeline. Bryce Terang does not seem to be working out. They do have Tyler no. Black, but he's not a shortstop. Second baseman. <clears throat> yeah, there's even talk about him playing first base for them, too. No. So, I don't know. Could you package Cal Quantrill and one of the shortstops and maybe land yourself a Sal Frelick? I know. Uh, it would be interesting. Yeah, that would be that would be a good way to go. I mean... I still like Joey Weimer. I know you really don't. I don't know. The Brewers might be more inclined to trade him than they would Sal Frelick. I don't know that I would give up one of the shortstop prospects and Quantrill for for Joey Weimer. I definitely would for Sal Frelick as much as I like Weimer, but I'd probably offer less for Weimer just because. Is there a world yeah. where you get both? Weimer and Frelick? If you're doing Rokio, who some people still have as a top, top end uh, prospect and you know, Quantrill, uh, and you'd have probably have to include another piece, I would imagine. Yeah, maybe, but just an interesting idea. You're probably right, but I just thought I would throw some uh, some ideas out there. I'd also love to see what it would take to get Abner Uribe from them, too, because Cleveland could would be, it'd be nice for the trade for a young relief option, too. And if if they could, I would, I would definitely offer a lot more for. Frelick and Uribe um, than just getting Frelick straight up because Uribe is a young reliever who I think has. Oh, I feel like that would probably be. Side. They need pitching, so. Yeah, I mean, but that's, that's the thing. It kind of eliminates the point. Like, yeah, it does. Uh, well, I mean, their bullpen's a little bit different. They have they have some interesting relief arms there. They don't really have a, a bunch of starters, so I guess what, uh, we'll see what happens. And for anyone being like, "Hey, Andy Ashby's coming back. He's coming back from a surgery with no guarantees." Um, yeah, Aaron Ashby, that's arthroscopic shoulder, shoulder surgery. Any any shoulder surgery is always concerning. Hey, you can always uh, bring back J.C. Mejia, right? Boy, that's... Doesn't he have right. to be suspended uh, for a set number of uh, yes. games right now? Yeah, he's he's out all of next season. <laughs> he's out all of, all of next season. Um, With his uh, suspension. Yeah, so. I, I'm gonna keep drawing connections to the Brewers. You can always get Tobias Myers back too. Tobias Myers is, is with the Brewers. You know? How about Tobias Myers and Owen Miller for Carl uh, Carl Cal Quantrell? Why don't I just go ahead and you know you want to trade Carl Willis too while you're at it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Why I want to trade acquire Mark Riley. Can we do that? Um, Mark Reynolds. Mark Reynolds. There we go. Uh, one of the top five yeah. hitters in UVA Dick history. Cole? You want to get Dick Cole back? Uh, you can get anyone back. Uh, we get we can just sit there and have fun with with this all day, but uh, let's talk Manzardo. Uh, Keith Law has not been a big fan of his, and Keith Law's scouting report was actually extremely positive on Manzardo and extremely not positive on Chase Delotter. So, should we talk about the positive? I think that the positive is you know, we haven't given a AFL update in a while. I suppose yeah. the positive is very easy. Uh, uh, Manzardo's been hitting the crap out of the ball there, very hard, good exit velocities. We talked about that. Um, Keith did point out the wind aided home run because it is Arizona. That does happen. Um, 
Yeah, he's been hitting the ball hard. He's been getting the ball in the air, and and things have looked good for him. He's got good pitch recognition. There are some strikeouts. He already has two strikeouts tonight, too, so there is that. But um, the exit velocity is a big difference maker for him. It shows that there is legitimate power in that bat. That's, what Cleveland, that's something Cleveland needs. Is <laughs> I know people want to talk about, oh, exit velocity doesn't really matter. Yes, it does. I'm sorry. It, it matters, it matters people... with launch angle. Yeah, I've had people tell me it doesn't matter, like dating back to high school players. I'm like, no, it matters at every level. It is an indicator at every single level. It matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to be paired with context. Like, you got to do, like, you know, we, the Yandy Diaz wars forever about how he couldn't hit the ball in the air. And finally, he did more this year. Um, he was still a good player, even without the power. He's just a much better player now that he's getting the ball in the air more. And Manzardo has no problem getting the ball in the air. So it definitely matters. I don't know how you can look at the Guardians' offense last year and think that exit velocity doesn't matter when this team just doesn't hit the ball hard. And they don't draw walks, which the chase DeLauder, I mean, Manzardo draws a decent amount of walks, but DeLauder, I feel like, is a little better play discipline-wise. It just looks like he's going to have command of the strike zone. I know Keith's scouting report in DeLauder wasn't great, and it's... It's something we've talked He's, about though on the show too, you know. Yeah, his concerns are the same. I think anybody. I mean, we've talked about it too. It's just his swing looks awkward. It doesn't. There's nobody's swing that looks like his. It no. is a very. And the question is, will it hold up, or will it be one of those where he'll get eventually eviscerated by a higher level of competition? You know, that is the debate, right? Right, and that's that is the thing to take with a grain of salt. And in, in Arizona, is that the competition out there isn't all that great among pitching. So like even, even with Manzardo, like, yeah, exit velocity is going to translate no matter what, if you hit the ball hard, that's going to translate. It's just a matter of whether or not you can do it against better pitching. Um, the pitching in Arizona fall league is not good as we've talked about before, but um, if you're not performing out there, it's definitely not great. So better to be performing than not. And the is performing for what it's worth. And I know some people will be tempted to say like, you know, can you change his swing to make it a little more conducive? And, it's such know, a rework. You'd have to like redo the whole darn thing. And it's such a risk too, because he's already had success so long with that swing that if you change it, you could be changing him as a player completely. And you don't know if you're going to ever, if it's ever going to work. So you might as well just let it go the way it is. And, um, and for the, for what, if anybody's asking Keith Law's assessment was kind of, he's cut off when he swings, he starts early, he cheats on velocity. And um, he says that the early uh, hip, rotation allows him to be more selective and hold back on breaking stuff. And that's true to a point. Like he can delay his swing a little bit. Um, and he uses that scissor kick to uh, clear his hips. So he can delay himself a little bit on breaking stuff and still be able to drive it. it I saw last year in Lake County, it, it caused him to miss hit the ball a lot. Like there would be a lot of balls that you would, you would want him to pull in the air for power and they would be like opposite field singles just because of the way a swing works. Like it just, the way it's delayed sometimes it causes him to hit the ball the other way when you would have like, like to have seen him maybe pull a ball on in the inside corner to right field. There's still power there. There's still pitch recognition and, and uh, plate discipline that I think are good there. It's just a matter of whether or not it's going to work out against upper level pitching. And we're going to find out next year, Manzardo though, I think there's less concern about him. And I think that's why he's both our number one prospect in the system right now. At least he's mine. Um, yep. That'll definitely be one of the many debates we have this off season. Uh, yeah, I'm not hundred percent set on who's my number one yet, but uh, we'll get there. We'll discuss it. We'll have fun with it. We want to thank all of our everydayers um, like 
I think it's like line dry D David across the, the coast, across the ocean, as it were. And everyone else who's joining us every day, make sure to rate and review, download. It helps. And thank you all for joining us today. Go, go, Guardians, go.